You're listening to The Diplomats Podcast on Asian geopolitics. I'm Ankit Panda from New York. And this is Prashant Parmaswaran from Washington, D.C. And today, Ankit and I are joined by um, Katie, who is one of our colleagues at The Diplomat Magazine, who covers Central Asia and also the topic that we're talking about today, which is the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and its potential, um, potential, sorry, uh, lost my train of thought there. One second. Let me restart. Okay. One second. Yep. Uh, and this is Prashant Parmaswaran from Washington, D.C. And today, uh, Ankit and I are joined by our colleague, um, Katie, who covers Central Asia. And we're going to shift our focus today on the podcast from the Shangri-La Dialogue in Southeast Asia last week, northwards to the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, with the a full edition of India and Pakistan being uh, one of the most important items on the agenda at the recent summit meeting. Uh, This is a big deal since it's the first time that the SEO has expanded its membership since its establishment in 2001. And we're going to be talking about what that means for the organization as well as its future potential. Um, So... Ankit and Katie, I think before we start on the issue of expansion of the SEO specifically, we should maybe first throw out the elephant in the room, lest it linger in the backdrop of our discussion, which is, you know, what is the real relevance um, of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization for our listeners, and how do we measure its progress to date uh, from its founding back in 2001, given the fact that there have been various efforts over the years to inject vigor into it, including by the Chinese, but those haven't really been taking off. So, Katie, did you want to maybe start us off and then Ankit can continue on from there? Yes, yeah, certainly. So, I think this is the major question when it comes to the SEO. Uh, is this relevant? Um, and I'm, I'm a bit, bit of a skeptic, I guess I should just say that at the outset. But I think when you ask the question, question. You ha- it's, it's a two-part question. Um, is the SEO relevant as the security alliance um, combating the three evils that it, its founding is centered around? And I think the answer for that is no. Um, if you're looking at is the SEO relevant as a geopolitical block, um, a group of countries that share a worldview, that, that do look outward from their shared region in a certain way, then the answer is maybe. Um, and I think the inclusion of India and Pakistan impacts the answer to both of those questions, but it's 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 a two-part elephant. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing I'd add to that, Katie, um, and you know, this is actually funny, uh, I guess if there's anyone out there who's been listening to this podcast for a long time, you might remember a very similar episode two years ago where we actually talked about India and Pakistan joining the organization. It actually took two years to actually happen, but uh, you know, it's something that we've talked uh, over Katie and I on this episode. Uh, on the show before. One thing I'd add though, Katie, is that, you know, um, I've been thinking about the SEO more kind of in the context of now of of all this belt and road business that's been going on with China, right? So what China has been doing is it's sort of been reverse engineering a lot of initiatives that it had underway well before Xi Jinping became the president of China, uh, right? So things like the SEO that had kind of been around, kind of, you know, sort of meandering, sort of um, just in the realm of talk shops without any real deliverables or any real um, influence. China's been sort of rebranding them, sort of bringing them into the ambit of the Belt and Road Initiative, which we just talked about on this podcast a few episodes ago. So I recommend um, if any listeners want to 
um, hear a bit more about that, uh, checking that episode out. But, you know, I think the SEO now is interesting because um, obviously one of the questions around the expansion um, that I think we'll get to in more detail is, you know, is this organization diluting itself, kind of going from a coterie of like-minded states to a group of less like-minded states, to say the least, between uh, India and Pakistan? Um, I think it's fair to say that the two countries between them have their fair share of disagreements that will probably make the SEO a little bit less cohesive, right? I mean, the classic example people point to is the South Asian Organization for um, Regional Cooperation, South Asian Association for Regional Cooperation, sorry, SARC, which uh, pretty much has come to a standstill over differences between India and Pakistan. So the another question is that, you know, is the SEO going to suffer a similar fate to SARC by virtue of having India and Pakistan in the room? Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean... I guess, Katie, I mean, if I can just, you know, kind of ask you to expand a bit more um, on what, you know, what you just said is that obviously, you know, there's kind of two categories of states in the SEO. You have like Russia and China who are these massive, um, massive powers. And then you have, um, you know, the smaller Central Asian members. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, is there kind of a divergent sense of, you know, how those countries each see the uh, the question of expansion? Um, How do China and Russia see it? And I guess, how do the smaller Central Asian states see it? So if we're asking um, how the varying sizes of powers within the SEO view the incoming powers, I think uh, I think you have to put Russia and China in a group together, and then Kazakhstan, and now maybe Uzbekistan together, and then Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan. And from the bottom up, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, they're kind of along for the ride. Neither of them brings a whole lot of heft um, or economic power or people numbers to this grouping. So for them, if everybody wants to do this, then they'll go along with it. Um, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, I think care a little bit more. Um, Uzbekistan, when it was being ruled by Islam Karimov, who died last summer, end of last summer, he was pretty much opposed to the inclusion of India and Pakistan. He had very strong will in terms of how he viewed uh, how far these groups should go. Um, He was very wary of other countries having any say about what was going on in his country, and that included friendly nations like Russia and China. Um, But Uzbekistan is under new leadership, which has taken a decided bent different from his predecessor. Shavkat Mirziyoyev is a little bit more, well, not a little bit, very much more interested in courting uh, the external world, especially the region, but Russia and China included. And so I think as you go up the size scale, they care a little bit more about the inclusion of India and Pakistan. I think one thing that that does do to the larger group, though, is it does it does to a degree increase uh, the organization, whether you think it's relevant or not, heft, um, because now the SEO has four nuclear powers in it. Um, and that's, I think, something that can't really be ignored. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, though, uh, we seem to be uh talking about the heft of the organization, I guess, in terms of two parts, right? One is the the fact that the expansion now makes it, I guess, the, it, it is now the world's most populous regional cooperative organization, right, uh, with the inclusion of India and Pakistan. Um, so it definitely increases its heft. But, you know, as, as Ankit um, and you, Katie, also mentioned earlier, um, there's also a, a dilution aspect of this, whether it's, you know, the fact that these some of these countries earlier were talking about combating color revolutions. Now mm-hmm. you have India coming in as a democratic member. Um, yeah. There's there's also 
uh, I guess, a little bit of muddying in terms of this was primarily supposed to be initially, at least, a, a security focus and centric organization. But now with with uh, China increasing the focus on One Belt, One Road, there's an increase on the economic focus as well. So I'm wondering uh, what you guys think about uh, the evolution of the organization with the expansion on, on those two fronts. Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, but I think also this has happened before in a way in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. I think it was China that proposed the idea of setting up a development bank under the auspices of the SEO. The idea never really took off that much. Um, Islam Karimov didn't really like it. Uh, the Russians, I think, were a little bit apprehensive about it. It never really went anywhere. So the idea has been proposed to expand the focus of the SEO, but the economic wing hasn't really taken off. And I also think, you know, saying that bringing India and Pakistan in it sort of increases the internal divisions over some things is true. But you also have, uh, you know, if the organization is built around the idea of combating the three evils, separatism, extremism, and what's the other one, terrorism. But you also have Russia, which encourages separatist regions and has invaded uh, Crimea. Uh, so in and China is very wary of separatist regions in that sense. So you have those two in the same organization um, kind of ignoring the little bli blind spots between um, on their bilateral level. Yeah, and I should ask uh, Ankit also, um, you know, the, the fact that um, even before the, the SEO meeting, um, there, there were there were rumors about, you know, whether what we could see with respect to India and Pakistan and, you know, everything from uh, the fact that India and Pakistan could, you know, import their bilateral uh, tensions and rivalry into the SEO to, you know, much more sunnier uh, outlooks with respect to the fact that the SEO could emerge as a forum where India and Pakistan could iron out uh, their differences, which, you know, it seems like a bit of a fairy tale. But, um, you know, the fact that there are the whole range of opinions on how this could affect India-Pakistan relations, I mean, what's your take on how this could uh, affect or, or really not affect uh, the relationship going forward? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, one word we haven't mentioned yet, uh, even though we've been talking about India and Pakistan and their differences, is, you know, specifically the Kashmir dispute, which I think really is a dispute where um, the three evils, quote unquote, that the SEO cares about, terrorism, extremism, and separatism, are really all at play to different degrees, right? So it's two new member states um, are effectively importing this massive dispute between them that has been persistent for 70 years and that appears to be heating up instead of cooling down um, in the lead up to their accession to the SEO, you know, straight to straight to, you know, the Astana summit. And from here on out, every year it will probably be an important issue. And what's interesting here is, you know, I mentioned that uh, the SEO obviously, you know, goes back to the mid 90s, its origins with the Shanghai Five and then uh, Uzbekistan's addition. Uh, and then now it's kind of uh, fallen to this potpourri of, of Chinese-led organizations that are under the ambit of the One Belt, One Road um, initiative. So when India signed up, when India expressed interest in becoming a full member, right, the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which was announced um, during Xi Jinping's April 2015 visit to Pakistan, wasn't on the horizon. Um, and, that, um, and that project has really caused uh, quite a degree of frustration in India because it goes through the disputed part of Kashmir that is um, Pakistan-administered. It goes through uh, Gilgit to connect connect Pakistan to uh, Xinjiang in China, where um, the economic corridor has its terminus at, uh, at Kashgar. 
um, and you know the Karakoram Highway and all that. So um, really, what's happened is that uh, India's kind of interest in the SEO has has evolved in in a way in just these years in which it's been waiting to become a full member. So you know one of the one of the reasons that New Delhi is interested in joining the SEO is uh, simply to increase its engagement with Central Asia, which has been a a um a long term goal for India, just to think west, um and that includes Central Asia. It also includes the Middle East, where India's spent more diplomatic energy comparatively. Uh, but India has had you know um, enduring interest in Central Asia. Its its first um, overseas base was in uh, Tajikistan at Farkor Air Base, which is actually operated by the Indian Air Force. So uh, India's it, India's links to Central Asia um you know are are still growing, and India obviously has entrenched interest in Afghanistan, where it hopes for stability. Um, so the first reason, I guess, is just engagement with Central Asia for India. And the second reason I'd say is um, to, um, you know, the dilution for India, uh, the dilution of the SEO's agenda could be a feature, not a bug, right? Um, if you have Pakistan joining this organization of sort of, you know, like-minded states that all have growing, burgeoning ties with China, a positive perception of the One Belt, One Road set of initiatives, then actually it is helpful for India to be in that room to um, effectively gum up the works a little, ensure that China and Pakistan can't turn the SEO into another forum to simply, you know, um, accelerate their own agenda for the Central Asian region. So in that sense, uh, f for New Delhi, concerns about diluting the SEO's um, meaning or the SEO's raison d'etre isn't really a huge issue in my view. Um, and I guess finally, you know, and, I, 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 and I'm a little bit skeptical of this reason for India's participation, um, just just given, you know, d developments that we've seen um, in the recent maybe, you know, six to 12 months, is that India might be looking to effectively help buttress Russia's position within the SEO. Um, and the reason I'm skeptical about that is, you know, Russia is playing a role in the Eurasian balance. Um, China and Russia in Central Asia um, are competitors as much as they are cooperators, right? Um, Russia historically, um, since the fall of the Soviet Union has had a quite close um, economic cultural relationship with these countries. And now, um, you know, with uh, and it has a close relationship with India as well, right? That dates back uh, decades. Uh, but recently, you, you know, we've seen some divergences. You know, Russia and Pakistan held their first military exercise. Russia's approach to Afghanistan appears to be starting to shift, where Moscow potentially sees a productive role for the Taliban in the fight against the Islamic State. A lot of things that you know leave India a little bit uneasy. Katie hinted at some of these things with uh, Russia's broader uh, differences within the SCO. So one reason could be for India to support, um, help buttress Russia's position with the organization. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure that that's really uh, t too convincing at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, in my view, I think India's actually got some pretty decent reasons to want to be inside the SEO for now. Um, I don't know. I mean, Katie, does that does that make sense to you or uh, do you uh, quibble with any of that? Um, I it, it does make sense. I think, you know, not to quote Hamilton, but it's better to be in the room, right? You want to be in the room where it happens. And if anything's happening in the SEO, which I'm not totally convinced there's that much. I think anywhere Pakistan goes, if India can go to, it will. Um, I think it's also worth, I'm glad you mentioned the Kashmir issue, um, because it really does bring a massive um, problem into this organization. And the SEO and the other Central Asian Security Alliance, the CSTO, which is essentially the same countries minus China, um, neither of them have ever really reacted or done anything when there have been security issues between states in the region. So every time there's a flare up in violence on the Uzbek-Kyrgyz border, the SEO and the CSTO don't do or say much. Um, and that, so if they can't have a positive impact on the small level 
the, the level of violence is just so astronomically different. So they can't have an impact on that, le on that level. Then, you know, what are they going to do about Kashmir? Um, and they can certainly do nothing, um, which is probably what will happen. I think what the argument that the members of the SEO make is that those are bilateral issues and that together we can deal with more global issues and we can kind of ignore the bilateral issues because there are plenty of bilateral issues between all of the states that are members of these organizations. Um, and, and, and maybe that's okay. Um, I think the SEO sometimes gets labeled, CSTO also as sort of the, the NATO of Central Asia kind of. Um, and I don't know if that's much of a good comparison, um, but it's certainly, NATO was not without its own problems and it certainly took enough time to develop as well. So maybe these are just growing pains and the SEO is just underdeveloped in the inclusion of India and Pakistan can further the development of the organization and give it some cohesion, or maybe it won't, but a uh, few bureaucracies sort of destroy themselves. So I think it'll just muddle through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the other thing to, to note about the SEO's evolution is the fact that, I mean, we've been talking, so it, it founded in 2001, we've just had the first expansion uh, to include now fully India and Pakistan. Um, but there are other countries that you know have been knocking on the door um, and and so one of the interesting things that I think would be good to tease out is what this means for some of the other uh, countries that could potentially be admitted in the future and obviously this is something that might be a longer term prospect um, you know, I know uh, in particular one of the terms uh, for SEO membership specifically states that uh, they shouldn't be under UN sanctions and that had excluded Iran um, but there are other members as well, and as with other organizations like uh, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, uh, the European Union, um, there's always debates about when you have an expansion, whether there should be changes in terms of how the organization works, whether uh, this idea of doing things by consensus works anymore. So Katie, how do you think uh, that this might affect things into the future? Yeah, I mean, I think the the next list of possible new members, obviously Iran is at the top of that list. I think Afghanistan's probably partially interested. Um, I don't I don't know about the other uh, observer members. I think Mongolia, Sri Lanka are observer members. Um, yeah. Somebody could probably fact check that. Um, but I don't I don't know how quickly that process will go. I think for I think expansion, further expansion will be put off till they see how this goes. Um, one, I think, sub question part of this is what does the SEO actually do? Um, uh -huh. And how because, you know, if it if we're talking about expansion is changing the nature of the organization, we kind of need to know what what the organization actually does. And as far as I know, the two sort of main things that the SEO actually does is some level of intelligence sharing when it comes to terrorism and counterterrorism and joint military exercises specifically for counterterrorism. And so I don't know about you guys, but I can't see India and Pakistan jointly participating in a counterterrorism exercise. <laughs> Maybe that's just because whenever right. there's a terrorist incident neither, they accuse the other of being part of it. So it's kind of, it, that would be really a magical thing to see would be the two of them together in an exercise. I don't know if that's in the cards or in the plans, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, sorry. I think the Indian military would be, um, you know, I'd be curious to see kind of um, how that 
developed katie i think that's a really valid thing to kind of flag is kind of one of the core things the seo does in the on the small list of things that it does comparatively is you know are these exercises on on counterterrorism um so i'm actually really curious to see how that'll go with uh india and pakistan and you know it actually gets back to it also brings back this question of um you know the seo's kind of um, entanglement with the Belt and Road project, right? I mean, so one of the things that a lot of Chinese analysts write about uh, the kind of great benefit of the Belt and Road to China's immediate West um, is that, you know, it kind of helps, um, it will kind of help stabilize a lot of these friendly uh, authoritarian countries in Central Asia that are um, important for China, particularly because of its own internal challenges in, in Xinjiang, right? So um, the counterterrorism mission of the SEO thus has been something that the Chinese have been particularly into um, because they see it as an important bulwark, uh, just bringing these countries um, on board to help prevent terror. And that's actually an important difference between Pakistan and India, right? China has very publicly expressed concerns about militancy um, in Pakistan in the past, uh, even though the two countries are, um, are partners and all weather partners for that matter. Um, so, um, and, you know, when it comes to India, uh, obviously China and India have their own border dispute, but China doesn't quite see India as a as a source for kind of, you know, weaker militants that are destabilizing Xinjiang. I mean, obviously there is the Tibet issue uh, between the two countries and India's uh, hosting of the Dalai Lama. But, um, but more broadly, I think that's an important difference between these two new SEO members that I'll, again, be curious to see how that plays out. So uh, not just in the context of the exercises that you brought up, but just more broadly, you know, what is India really going to do when it comes to the SEO's counterterrorism? as a mission and how is China going to um, uh, going to essentially deal with New Delhi within this organization? Yeah, and I also think, um, you know, just to add to that, um, you know, that Katie brought up the point that um, within the SEO, some of the priorities uh, bel belie the fact that some of the countries within the organization are some of the biggest culprits when it comes to addressing the challenges that the SEO is supposed to address, right? So whether it's Russia on cybersecurity, um, you know, or China for that matter. Um, and now the idea of, of including Pakistan when you're an organization that's dedicated to eradicating terrorism, um, many Indian analysts have pointed out, I mean, the, the irony uh, in this fact, right? Um, the fact that you have Pakistan, which has been accused of uh, fomenting insurgency and terrorism um, across the region. So uh, that sort of will contribute or, you know, if not enhance the cynicism with respect to the organization. I do think, though, that this gets back to what we were talking about at the outset, and I think Katie mentioned this, which is, you know, what really holds the SEO together? I mean, is it just the fact that this is a block of non-Western powers in the Eurasian landmass that is part of this, you know, broader multipolar order um, that is in opposition to what Western countries like the United States is promoting, um, and and what is you know what are the foundations of this order? Is it just sort of this you know presumed non-interference in domestic affairs, or, or is there much more to that? And I think I I, I don't sense that uh, the inclusion of India and Pakistan has really resolved that fundamental question. But what do you guys think? Kay, do you want to take that? Sure, I think. Uh, the inclusion of India and Pakistan sort of tilts me towards seeing the SEO predominantly as that geopolitical block. It can ignore the bilateral issues betwixt members, um, but the, there is a shared outward view. And mm -hmm. though India is a democracy um, and, it, and it is different in a lot of ways from the other SEO members, I think it does share a lot of that outward view of non-interference and in internal affairs. It has great relations with a number of authoritarian states. 
like if you look at all of Central Asia, it doesn't really make comments about their government government systems. Um, and so I think that's what allows it to sort of be counted among this this number. Um, and, and, you know, I think calling it like an anti-Western alliance would be too too far, but it certainly has a little bit of that character in terms of it. it I think those countries do share a geopolitical point of view um, that is centered among them um, that is distinctly not Western. Um, mm -hmm. and, but the inclusion of India and Pakistan tilts me further in that direction than it does in the sort of coherent security alliance, Asia-NATO. Right. Um, and I wanted to, you know, in closing, go back to a point that Ankit raised earlier about the, the One Belt, One Road initiative um, and the fact that China really visibly is trying to play up uh, OBOR within the context of several organizations, including uh, the SEO. And I think we can expect that to occur um, the rest of this year and next year as well, because Beijing is going to be hosting the summit um, in 2018. Um, that's an initiative which we've discussed before on this podcast as well, um, and it has implications for countries you know, across the region. Um, I should add, I, I was recently at a One Belt, One Road conference convened in, in Malaysia, um, where there were participants across the region, um, you know, Australia, Philippines, Pakistan, who gave their views on the initiative. And I, you know, I was uh, not surprised, but um, struck uh, by the fact that across the board, um, even the presenters from countries that were uh, for the initiative, including Pakistan, were expressing concerns about the optics and the realities of how this initiative um, is playing out. And I guess right now, for me, the, the, the question is with the inclusion of uh, India in particular, uh, but the expansion of the initiative more generally, um, the idea of what China is trying to do with the One Belt, One Road and India's inclusion potentially present some challenges as well, given the reception that India has had, at least initially, to OBOR. Um, so I'm wondering what you guys think about that. Maybe Ankit can start and Katie can close us out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, you know, I'll be I'll be looking to see how 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 things observe. I mean, India's India's relationship with OBOR, I think, has gotten quite interesting, right? With this May 14th summit, um, New Delhi obviously made a made a big point of showing that it wasn't going to send a delegation, and um, it put out a remarkable statement that it said uh, that you know India is fine with things when it's been consulted from the initial phase. Uh, so things like the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, um, which China introduced very explicitly in uh, in uh, 2013, late 2013, when she announced uh, the Belt and Road initiatives, um, India was kind of brought on board immediately, and New Delhi, you know, appreciated that I think to an extent. Um, but with the um, with the SEO, I mean, you know, again, like that that question of timing that I brought up, like, would India have joined the SEO if if its timeline with the organization had begun in, say, you know, mid 2015, when um, and by then it had already expressed interest in in joining as a full member um, after the China Pakistan Economic Corridor issue. Um, so I think you know it'll be interesting to see how India uses its place uh, in the room and at the table, as as Katie said, um, in the coming years to kind of make its thoughts about the One Belt, One Road initiative um, known uh, known to China. It's another place for New Delhi to do that um, in addition to the AIIB and obviously bilaterally with Beijing. Um, but certainly I think, um, you know, that's something that I'll be I'll be watching for with um, Indian participation in the SCO. Katie? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't have terribly much uh, to add to what Team Panda had to say. Um, but I think We'll have to see what the members of the SEO say in Beijing next year. Uh, mm -hmm. up, up until this point, uh, 
you know, the last couple of years mentioning the Belt and Road has been kind of a feature of the SEO. All of the countries in the SEO, now barring India mostly, um, are active, willing participants of the Belt and Road. And so uh, I, I don't know how India could help not being dragged along into this somehow. Um, I think China includes India on maps of the OBAR, but doesn't really say much else in India, I think sort of ignores it. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. And it's not really satisfying to say we'll see what happens, um, but I can't predict the future, unfortunately. So that's where we're going to have to leave it. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and with that, I, I think that's a good place for us to bring this to a close, unless either of you have any parting thoughts. No, just thanks for uh, joining us, Katie. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I was a bit rusty, but uh, this is great. Great. Um, so to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening as always. And, and if you enjoy listening, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and if you have any ideas of future topics, please feel free to let Ankit or I know via Twitter. And thanks for listening.